Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unsafe Space. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can go to uh, subscribestar.com slash unsafe space to support us financially. And also, you can go to unsafespace.com to sign up for our mailing list, which we will use in the eventuality that we get banned from YouTube, which seems more and more likely every day. Today, we have kind of an unusual episode. It's not something we would typically do. So many of you may remember Julianne Davis, who has been on our show before. She was an actress that uh, you may have seen in Eyes Wide Shut and some other films. She's been an actress, a model, a singer, an artist, uh, a writer, and sometime political op-ed journalist for Fox News and Heat Street Magazine. She uh, came out as a conservative and a Trump supporter in 2016 and was since uh, basically blacklisted uh, publicly ridiculed by Bill Maher and other pundits, and I think I think basically her career has has changed majorly since then. Julianne and I have conversations off offline, often not a lot, but once in a while, and they they usually devolve into a debate about the existence of God. Now, as many of you know, I'm an atheist. Uh, Carrie is a Christian. And this is not the kind of show I would normally have. I am not interested in pushing atheism on anyone. I've got a lot of respect for the Christian community and uh, and even some of the good that Christianity has done historically uh, for humankind. So I'm not interested in trying to have uh, stir up trouble. But w this conversation may actually offend literally everyone, atheists and Christians alike. I don't know. But... Julianne does not like that I'm an atheist. She really, you know, likes to argue with me about this. And so she wanted to have a discussion in which uh, we would have a conversation slash debate about the existence of God and religion generally. Carrie joined us for this conversation for the first part, then she had to leave. So what you're about to watch is a conversation between the three of us. Carrie leaves uh, about a third of the way through, maybe halfway through, and then uh, Julianne and I continue and we're just kind of without agenda talking about the existence of God. We'll see if people like it or if we lose subscribers as a result. But with that introduction, uh, here you go. So I'm not actually even sure what this conversation is supposed to be about. Uh, because I, So I think we actually have three different points of view represented here because uh, I'm an atheist. Yep. Carrie is a Christian in a more traditional. There's Carrie. I don't. I don't want to misrepresent your beliefs, but I believe you're not like there. There might be something that's controlling the universe. Like no, there's the Christian God, and you're Christian. And Christian. Julianne, it's yeah. And Julianne is like, I think Julianne, maybe you can. Oh uh, well, yeah, I'll expand. I'll, but uh, I, I don't think you're either one of those. Is that correct? You know. If if I if if a gun was to my head, I would say um, I am a Christian. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna and I I mean I can I can quantify that if you want me to now, um, in that um, I do believe that Jesus was divine in some way. Where I am not sure, and where I don't know that it matters to me anyway is. You know, was he born of a virgin? I don't know. 
how can we ever know? Um, is he part of this thing called the Holy Trinity? I don't know, again, if it matters. I think he was divine. I absolutely believe in God. I believe that he had a has a direct connection to God. Um, I believe that we all have souls that live forever. Um, and wherever we live is dependent on what we do in our lives. So, you know, so wherever our souls live forever is dependent on what we do in our lives. Um, okay. And so in that respect, I mean, you, the only the problem that I've had with Christianity is really the um, the details of some of the dogma that I just find a little bit difficult sometimes, especially because of my experience, because I had a little bit of um, I, I think I told you guys this. Um, I was in a high school group um, after church because I had become a born again um, fundamentalist evangelical Christian as a kind of way of um, rebelling against my parents, which brought me up totally agnostic, not knowing anything about God whatsoever. And it was we had this conversation about the book of Genesis. And I was saying, yeah, but what about all the different stages of man? And, you know, what about dinosaurs and, you know, dinosaur bones? And this whole group just attacked me. Um, and they said, you know, how dare you say that? And, you know, um, when man came on this earth, it was Adam and Eve. And, and um, you know, dinosaur bones were put there by Satan in order to confuse us. And, you know, Satan is working in your heart today. And that just, oh, it was that, that. that was the that moment. turned me off. Yeah. I was done. That was, so the, I was, you know. The impetus for this conversation, though, I think is coming from you, Julianne, because I, yeah. I although I was an evangelical atheist for a while, uh, uh, and actually before that, I was also a fundamentalist, more evangelical Christian. Um, but uh, I, I'm not really, I mean, I don't, I don't, Carrie, have I ever tried to convert you? I don't, I'm trying to convert people. I'm not, I'm not yelling about uh, atheism. Um, no, you're not a religious atheist. There's a lot of religious atheists. Yeah, so I'm kind of uh, I'm pretty laissez-faire with respect to that, partly because uh, I think for two main reasons. One is uh, it's futile normally to try and convince someone using arguments uh, away from a fundamental belief. Like, it rarely happens. The few times I've had philosophic influence on anyone in my life has been through um, – it's been a secondary effect. It's been just, they've been in my life watching me and I haven't been trying to beat them over the head with anything. And they approach me and say like, Oh, I have questions about X, Y, and Z. And like, that's the only time that's ever happened. I'm um, going to interrupt quickly. That, yeah. hap that happens. Carrie, can Christianity you get, can, too. can you put yourself oh. in frame? Can you look at the frame? Of, there you go. Thank you. Oh, okay, cool. It's not, um, it's a little bit cut off from the normal. Yeah, It's a bit frame. weird. Cause yeah. it's kind of wanting to the opposite from what you are. You know what, what I mean? You are. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was going to say that's the, I, that's the same uh, my that's been my experience with Christianity too. I, I don't really actively try to convert anyone, and I and and anybody who's asked me about my beliefs or who has grown in their own beliefs as a who's in my life, the two times I can think of it's people who were just like you said who were just around me who loved me who saw something in me. And started asking about it because they were curious for themselves. Yeah. And then they and then they had their own. It you know it took off with them in its own way. It wasn't like me even trying to recruit or anything. Or, yeah, I think yeah. I think the fundamental belief changing it almost always starts. It, at least in my experience, it always starts 
from that place, from like a, a self-motivation place. So that's one of the Absolutely. reasons I don't do it too much. The other reason is um, I have come to have appreciation for the what I will call, which I know, I know you guys might not agree with, but what I will call the heuristically determined set of rules that seem to work pretty well for humanity that have been transmitted through myth in religion uh, in a way that... Uh, when we completely abandon it, we are often left with nothing, and atheists turn to, you know, when they tear down the church, when the atheists have torn down the church, it's left, they didn't put anything in its place, and it left people with either nihilism or worship of the state or just hedonism and a whole bunch of stuff that's uh, more destructive than... Or Satanism. Uh, sure. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think... I don't, I don't believe that as much. Like, I don't think people are like, there is no God, therefore there's a devil and I'll worship the devil. I think Satanism is just the same Christianity. It's the same belief system. It's just choosing explicit evil, which is a well, separate twisted thing for me. I don't know why people would do that. Except it's very interesting because you get a lot of atheists that believe in what they see. And what they see is Earth, Mother Earth. Well, that's not belief. The elements, right? And then yeah. they start kind of gravitating towards um, a sort of paganism, right? Um, because it's all about Earth and the Earth's elements. Because but that's not atheism. That paganism isn't atheism. Worship no, I, of Mother I, Nature no. is an atheism. No, 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 no. She's talking about Satanism. I'm not. I'm not including you. I'm just saying the 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 road which they go down, which they can go down, I, is I, that. I I'm not familiar with the road that Satanists travel on the, on their way to Satanism. I just know that it's pretty. Their end point is pretty bad. That's let's just leave it. Yeah. At that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, and there's all these different sects of Satanism too. You know, you can. But anyway, I, we're digressing. I yeah. I think. Um, so I guess what's the point of the cup? So I I guess the reason I want to bring this up is you in in particular, Julianne. You and I have spoken. Yeah. Uh, Several times, I think it's, it's turned into a multi-hour discussion where you are palpably unsatisfied with my recalcitrance. <laughs> I so. am. I mean, and it makes me sad. And, you know, you have a, a damn good comeback for every single thing I talk about in regards to um, trying to convince you of the belief in God. Um However, you know, you're, you're right that you cannot convince somebody else unless they are open to it or want to. I'm, I'm really confused by you, <laughs> Carter, because you were a Christian. Or was it just that you were a Christian because your family was Christian? Oh, no, I was more devout than almost any Christian that I know. I mean, how often do you guys get up at 5 a.m. every day and pray and read the Bible? And like, like, I was a virgin when I got married. I was extremely Christian and devout. This is another, I, I want to hear this story because you've told me this once and um, there's someone else I know who was like this, who took, who, who ended up turning um, their back on God or on Christianity in a way because they were so, they took it so seriously that they reached a point where they felt like, oh, it doesn't make sense to me anymore. I don't know if that's a good way of describing, why don't you just describe your experience? Because, with how because you, they felt that God wasn't answering. Is huh? that what it is that, you know, all those prayers, because, you know, I mean, I kind of fell by the wayside a little bit um, when, after I left the church, because I just kind of felt like all these times that I'd reach out to God in prayer and say it all the right way, you know, in Jesus name, amen, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you just feel like you've been forsaken, like he doesn't 
And I still somewhat believe that, uh, I think a lot of Christians believe he's got his hand in every little minutia of everything that goes on in the world. And, and I'm, you know, we still have freedom. Every, every living thing, everything, every molecule has freedom. And there's a chaos to that freedom. So I don't think that God has his hand in every little minutia. And I think that can be quite frustrating for people like me and possibly people like Carter. What do you think? Uh, First of all, we need to be careful with language. Uh, Atoms don't have freedom. Freedom implies choice of action. So we got to be careful with terminology. Um, I I said molecules, but what I'm saying is that every... Everything that knits together, everything that we see that that exists and doesn't exist, they, you know, I mean, there is a kind of freedom. There's like, you've heard of chaos theory, right? I mean, there's a freedom there of, you know, even plants. It's not a freedom. Chaos theory is not a freedom. It's just an existence. It's not a, it's not freedom. Freedom implies that you have a conscious choice to make and that you're free to choose an action of your own will. A molecule is not free. A molecule, I mean, you can use the word free molecule to mean a molecule detached from something floating around but it's not it's not free in the same sense you can't you can't overload that term let's get let's get back to wait 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 no 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 i don't you're about to go down a rabbit hole because i don't agree anyway before we go off tangent (laughs) about like freedom and stuff i just wanted to hear your story carter of your beliefs and where you're how you left them and where you're at now okay yeah well i mean just to be clear i did not feel abandoned Uh, i didn't feel anything that you guys were just saying this is what christians feel like and they feel abandoned or whatever unanswered prayers um i i was raised uh i was raised very devout but um i think the one of the impacts that that had on me is I was raised to take the ideas of truth. Um, well, I, I was raised to value truth above everything else. I was raised to value truth. Um, and, uh, and I was very interested from a young age, and I'm not sure all of the reasons for that, but I'm, I was very interested in uh, big questions and what the true answer was and being consistent. Um, I've always abhorred uh, inconsistencies, right? So, um, you know, someone will say one, like hypocrisy, someone will say one thing and do another, or they'll say this is the way it is, except for this case, without really, they violate their own principles and rules. And like, I, I was really, the, the one of the things that I think appealed to me early on was um, because I was Christian um, and the way I was raised was basically the Bible is the living word of God and that is the truth. There is no, like, here's your answer for the truth. And if anything contradicts it, it's not true uh, because there's there's truth in the Bible. Now you can, uh, I know there's different interpretations now of like, oh well, this was a this is an allegory and blah blah blah, and right, and so it's true in some sense. I I get all that, uh, but um, you know, at the time, uh, I I was I also believed that uh, evolution was a myth, right? Um, <laughs> that because because it was against what Genesis said. So I mean, I was I was pretty devout. Um, that's part of that. That's that's exactly where I left the church. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was very devout, and and um, but I was always very dedicated to discovering the truth about things, and 
Um, I didn't just dismiss evolution. I sought to understand the evidence for it as deeply as I could and the arguments against it as deeply as I could. So I didn't just say, well, that's not what the Bible says. I was like, well, let like we really I really need to understand this and I really need to understand the the Bible and I needed to look at the um the Greek or the Sorry. Hebrew depending on what I was looking at, right? Um mm-hmm. so I, I was very concerned with truth and uh I, I skipping over a lot of things that happened in my life. Um some things I did good, some things I did did poorly. Uh, or did well and did poorly, made some mistakes. Um, but I, at the time, I felt actually quite blessed. Uh, despite mistakes that I had made, my life was pretty good. I had a, a good job. I was um, enjoying my job. And, um, the, and I was getting up, like I said, I was getting up at 5 in the morning every morning um, and praying, and uh, God was a very real part of my life. And uh, I, someone, someone lent me a book. They lent me Atlas Shrugged, which is just a fiction book. It's not a big deal. Um, but I started to read it, and about a third of the way through, I stopped because I had been taught to recognize um, teachings that were contrary to Scripture and to not uh, consume them because I was very concerned about corrupting my mind like satan will corrupt your mind right so uh and i could see it took me a little while to realize like oh this woman is an atheist pretty explicitly i forget when i noticed that in the book but i was like this is this is going to go down this atheist path and i don't i you know i can't read this um which is kind of funny because i was such a devout christian that i probably literally could have read nothing if i was that strict about what what i could consume but anyway um just interject just super quick I yeah. think that that is a real shame yeah. about Christianity and churches yeah. because they teach this ideal of, okay, this is our belief system as Christians. This is the tunnel with which you, you know, the very limiting tunnel with which you are to think and you can't go outside that. In fact, you can't even question it. You can't even explore right. it. And my view on that is that God, because I believe in God, gave us a brain, and w- we should use our brains. Yeah. And shouldn't be afraid to use our brains right. to right. be able to explore things, right? I mean, if God created us um, in his image, okay, or her, or whatever you will, it, it, I don't know. I can't call it his or her. It's stupid. Um, Just don't call it Zer. Zer, yeah. Be able, <laughs> <laughs> we should be able to explore the um the the hugeness of our brains you know what i mean to try and push ourselves and discover as much as we can while we're here on earth and that doesn't necessarily mean just because we're reading about something that it's even if we disagree or even if it might be um you know an evil thing um i think that knowledge we should know about it i agree my my version of christianity is I mean, version of, I don't know, but my, my beliefs are that like consuming a wide variety of information is the way that I remain confident in what my beliefs are and reading stuff. You know, I have a friend who gave me a subscription, who's an atheist, who 
gave me a couple of the skeptic magazines, like this atheist. I think it's, you know, he wanted me to, to read some of that. And it's like, I, I totally appreciate that. It, I didn't find it insulting. Right. Well, or, but I, so I agree with both of you, obviously. But at the time, uh, I was scared, frankly. Mm-hmm. I was scared of the book because I felt like my life was going really well. And I was, I felt like I had, um, I felt like I had, I ought to have been abandoned by God, but wasn't. And so I was like, I'm like, I owe, like, I, I need to, (laughs) I need to be good. I can't flirt with the devil here. Um, this is, you know, I'm, I, I put the book down. Um, I stopped reading it, even though, I mean, I, it was an enjoyable book. I stopped reading it. Uh, and I stopped reading it for about six months. And during that time, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm continuing to get up at 5 a.m. and praying every day and reading the Bible every day. And, and um, you know, during that time, I was really thinking about this in the back of my mind, like, because uh, often Christianity has contradicting pieces of advice, right? There's like, <laughs> there's contradicting pieces of advice. So sure. another piece Especially of advice New that Testament I... And Old Testament. Right. Sure. And another piece of advice that I had been given, I will summarize as, well, ultimately, evil is pretty impotent in the face of God, right? Like, evil's not to be, it's to be shunned and condemned, but not feared because you have Jesus and God, and God can triumph over evil. So, like, that, the other, the other half of that was, um, hey, you know, I, it took me a while to get to this point, but I, I was thinking about it a lot and because I had never put a book down like that before and not finished it. And I came to the conclusion that, oh, okay, well, this is just some stupid Russian lady from like the Soviet (laughs) Union because I found out about her. I'm like, some some kid comes over at 16 from the Soviet Union and wrote a book and like, what, the words are too scary for me to read? Like, my faith can't be like shaken by this. This is, this is just stupid to think that my shape my faith could be shaken um and and i need to show that my faith can't be shaken so i went back and i read the book i fin- i finished the book and the book itself is not uh atlas shrugged is not a treatise it's not an anti-christian treatise at, at all right. um and a lot of christians really like atlas shrugged um sure because it so, just talks about relying on yourself your own you know personal responsibility all of that i mean really it's kind of like a conservative handbook in in many ways. She hated conservatives, but sure. Uh, (laughs) um, Anyway. uh, But in the respect of personal responsibility is what I'm saying. In the respect of personal. Sure. Right? Um, But uh, the problem was I had, there were some interesting ideas philosophically. There were some interesting questions and ideas that she was challenging things that I held dear. And, uh, because I had decided, well, this this woman can't, this stupid fiction book's not going to shake my faith. I'm going to read whatever she says, and and be able to destroy it. Uh, that book bothered me because there was a few questions that I'm like, I actually don't have a great answer. I don't know. Like that seems interesting, and she seems very logical. She's very rational. Like there's not like holes in her arguments that I can see very easily, but there must be. Um, I just need to explore this more. And so I read every piece of nonfiction she ever wrote. Um, I read everything that she wrote. Um, and, uh, at the end of it, uh, I had a conundrum because she made a, you know, 
because I had been always very curious and devoted to truth, and and by the way, devoted, I know atheists will think this is silly because I was a Christian, but I was devoted to logic. Like, I was very devoted to, like, logical contradictions cannot exist, right? Um, and uh, she presented a real problem for me because I recognized that she had made some strong arguments. I could not counter those arguments at all. Um and, like which which arguments? Um, I mean, she basically made arguments uh, against. Uh, she made arguments about the nature of metaphysics and uh, the epistemological value of reason, and uh, God did not fit into her system. Let's put it that way: God did not fit into her, her explanation of the world. I hadn't been reading a bunch of people who were intentionally trying to tear down God. I had she what like most of her stuff is not about proving that there's not a god or anything like that's not her thing generally um but she was laying out a philosophical system and there was a lot of logical consistency there and it was not compatible with some of the things that i believed and so um and one of the most compelling things was i really felt like there were some strong cognitive tools that she was delivering with respect to um uh moral systems and like right and wrong and uh political systems and i was like well gee these like these are really good arguments so i then endeavored to (laughs) integrate i'm sure i'm not the first person that did this then i was like well how do i take all of her arguments and integrate them in with christianity because clearly she's right but clearly she's wrong about god so uh how do i integrate the two I'm going to integrate Christianity into objectivism. That's the name of her philosophy. I'm going to integrate Christianity into objectivism. And so then I spent a while doing that. And uh, and I prayed about it a lot. And I remember, um, I remember, you know, during those early morning sessions, like having some book of hers on, in one hand and the Bible in the other hand. I remember literally crying to God that, like, I was having trouble reconciling these things and I didn't want to abandon him, but, like, Damn, this was really convincing. Uh, and um, eventually, uh, I slowly over the course of time came to the conclusion that like I have to abandon the one that doesn't make sense, and that's the Bible. Um, and I put it down, and I went and told Keith the Hat Guy, who is one of our... He was at, in my life at the time. He was friends with me when I was a Christian. Um, and I went and told Keith the Hat Guy. Uh, I said, well... Because I think Keith is either an atheist or agnostic. I'm not sure. And I went and told Keith, I said, well, I can't call myself an atheist because that's just wrong. But I'm not sure about God. That's where, I'm going to be not sure. That's my stance. <laughs> I'm going to be not sure about God. And so he was like, all right, whatever. Is that whatever. stance now? That huh? you are not sure? Or do you no. feel that you're absolutely sure? No, I've, I've matured quite a bit uh, since then, I'm sure. But um, but at the time, I mean, so Keith was very laid back. He was like, "Yeah, that's fine, whatever." And so okay. that so, was the genesis of all of this. And then read okay. a lot more and other people, and now I've evolved. And and then I went on a crusade. I went on an atheism crusade. Eventually, I was angry at God for a while. angry. I wasn't angry at God because I didn't believe He existed, but I was angry about at religion for a while. I ceased being angry at, about religion, and now I'm kind of where we started at the beginning of the conversation. Like, okay, okay. I think there's but, some value there. 
it's not so, my thing. Wait, let, let me let me just I, I just want to clarify this. So mm. you're sure yes. that there is no God. I'm a one hundred percent sure. Absolutely positively sure. Yes. Okay. So how why okay. I I have an issue with that is that I mean, do you have all the inside information in the inner workings of the existence of the universe. So your standard for so right. So the standard for exists. right. This is right. I understand the standard for knowledge and the claim of knowledge is not omniscience. So are you sure that F equals M A? Yeah, that's what we call knowledge. We use the word sure to describe confidence in knowledge, like. We could all be, theoretically, you could argue that we could all be living in a matrix somewhere and none of this is real. Like, okay, but that is not, that is something that you dismiss out of hand as an arbitrary assertion because there's not evidence enough that rises to the level of knowledge. So are you sure that a green Martian isn't eating Pop-Tarts on the far side of the moon right now? I hope your answer is yes, because if your answer is not yes then you don't have a firm concept of what knowledge is and what isn't knowledge. There's things that are that you're sure that count as knowledge and there's things that you that yeah. that rise to some maybe level and then there's things that you dismiss out of hand for me the things that you dismiss out of hand like the marsh the martian or whatever the the person eating pop tarts i forget my thing right that i dismissed out of hand it's a ridiculous claim with with no evidence to support it well of course i'm going to say it's ridiculous and so is carrie yeah, right because the, and there's also no it's not like it's not like humanity has passed down stories since the beginning of time. And, and it's not like this historical documentation to support some of those stories about a Martian eating green Pop-Tarts. Right. So now, <laughs> so now we get into, right, that's fine. I'm willing to have that conversation. But my point is when you use words like, when you, when you, when you act like how could you be sure of anything, like that is a philosophical, that's epistemological corruption. You must say that you're sure of things. That's what knowledge means. Like, if we are to have a conversation and you are sure that I understand your words, like, we need to, like, there is a, there's a thing of knowledge. Like, yes, this counts as knowledge. We're going to say we're sure of it. Of like, course. On you can't, the, the standard can't that, be omniscience. Okay. On the level that humans are with what we think we know, mm-hmm. yes, in that context, yes, we can say that we are Sure. But that context is implicit in every er- word we yeah. utter and everything we always do. Yeah, I totally it's not necessary to say I that. totally disagree with that. And I actually think Wait, 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 hold on. You disagree I with what? Be insulting, but I just think that it's a little bit arrogant on the part of atheists to be that sure. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I'm not I'm, I'm not clear what you what you disagree with because what I just said was the caveat that really we could all be living in a matrix or we were not really sure about anything, like that caveat is implicit in everything everyone says always. So I'm saying there's no need to carve that caveat out. We can use language like, I know this to be true. I know two plus two is four. Could that be false in some theoretical universe where we're actually in a matrix and they've constructed false mathematics and made things behave that way? I guess, but I still say I know because- Why you should mention math? Because math is perfect. And I had this conversation with you. No, math is perfect. It's just that we, with our limited brain capacity, 
don't have the fullest understanding of all math, but math is perfect. Two plus two is always four. It, well, it is how do you, so, so this is a, and, look, and, no, I, wait, I agree look, with you. Two plus two is four. Let me finish about, let me finish in regards to math. Okay. The thing is, is that when, you know, a lot of the world's um, scientists and philosophers like, uh, you know, the Stephen Hawkins of this world, they did, they are doing these um, studies of reductionism. Now I might get some of the phrasing wrong. I can't remember what came first, strands or strings, but basically they took the molecule, the atom, and they kept reducing it down to strands, I believe it was, and then strings, and then they reduced that down even further, and what they ended up getting was just math. Like there was no matter anymore. It was just math. I, that doesn't, I, th th and, so okay, that's all theory, it's is, all interpretation. <laughs> if math is perfect, where did math come from? Are you saying that man, that man, um, uh, made it up that man, you know, um, that, that we invented it because I'm going to say, I'm going to call foul on that. I mean, no way did man invent something so perfect. We can't invent things that are perfect. Well, I mean, so man has a reasoning mind, which functions through you through the use of logic and the primary perp, the primary means through which log what the means tests that logic does is, uh, is this consistent with, there's two tests. Is this statement consistent with the things I see in reality? And is this statement consistent with the thing with next to- With our limited to, brain pan, with our, limited, with our no. limited understanding of reality. You could say that. Yeah, is it consistent with our limited uh, understanding and our limited brains of how we perceive our reality? Sure. Okay, let me explain where math comes from. Every, every possible concept of math that could ever be derived that we haven't yet derived and may never derive all comes from the law of non-contradiction. It's just A is A. It's every, every rule is implicit. A triangle implicitly has Pythagorean's theorem built into it, right? Because all logic is, is, is adherence to the idea that a thing can't exist and not exist at the same time in the same respect. That's all it is. That's all logic is. It's just it's just a an internal consistency check. And then you can check externally whether it measures whether it whether what you're proposing also matches what happens in reality. Obviously, as far as you can perceive, it's no it's not there's not even a discussion worth having in terms of what you can't perceive. We don't know. We can't perceive. It's a way. Obviously, as far as what we can perceive, and and I'm saying to you, you can't throw that away. That's huge. Why not? Yeah. As far as, as we can perceive, that is huge, Carter. That's I huge. What what Julianne is talking how, about? I don't is, understand why that's huge. Is an acknowledgement of all the things that we don't know. I'm the one who's saying we're not omniscient. Of course, we're not omniscient. The fact we don't know things and, doesn't mean the things we do know are wrong. And it doesn't mean the things right. that we know are right either. That's what knowledge means. They're right because they work. Yes, they are. It but, means they're right. But, they're right uh, within the scope and context of our knowledge, and that's the best we'll ever do. That's why we have words like knowledge. Okay. We, okay. The, the word knowledge does not up. mean this, omniscient. This little, this little part of the conversation started, I believe, when you were saying, Carter, that you know 100% know that there's no God. And and then yes. we 
and so this conversation grew from that and 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 that also kind of I mean to me that doesn't make that doesn't make sense that you can know something a hundred percent when you don't have the capacity to make that declaration I guess right because right and I, and, I and, I'm, and I said that intentionally because I mean we're not we don't have we don't have all the information Right. We, so I said that intentionally. We will never have all the information. And that's where faith comes from. You have as much, and sorry to use this word, faith in your knowledge and your logic, Carter, as someone who faith. has faith that God exists. It's the no, same. I mean, it is not the same at all. kind of faith. It's not faith. So I used the word, I said that intentionally. I kind of knew it would trigger you guys. Okay, I said wait, it intentionally. Can we pause here real quick? Um, wait, I, I, wait, wait, I want to explain why I said okay. it intentionally here, okay? Because I'm getting attacked for like, how can you say this, blah, 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 blah. I said it intentionally. And I said it to make a point about what the word knowledge means. I said I'm 100% sure because what that means always is within the context of the knowledge that humans have. That's what that word means. There is no discussion about, well, things that we don't possibly or couldn't possibly know. Because we're not omniscient beings— and there's things we don't know. When we when we make an assertion like, "Do you believe this to be true?" or you don't have to say believe. Are you certain of X? Am I certain that there's not a person eating pop tarts on the backside of the moon? Yes, I am certain of that. I am certain that there's, that's not true, right? Because the words "certain" and "truth" only are valid a, in the context of what we could possibly know and our knowledge. Like, use a statement like Pop-Tarts on the far side of the moon, which is just uh, utterly ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're equating- Why is that more ridiculous than uh, some people wrote stuff, stuff down? A Martian eating Pop-Tarts on the far side of the moon with the idea that there could be um, a creator of all this. I mean, yeah. it's like, why would you, why would you even compare it to something so ridiculous? I'm doing that uh, to know, I, I'm I, doing I, that I to point that. out right I'm doing that to point out that this I'm not actually trying to compare it to God right now what I'm doing I'm, that's not my point my point is <clears throat> there is a standard by which we dismiss things as as incorrect and there's and there's a standard by which we call things knowledge I think all three of us agree that we're 100% certain there's not a Martian on the backside of the moon eating Pop-Tarts right now. You guys think it's ridiculous? So do I. I think that's a ridiculous claim. Okay? So let's start from that spot. That is a ridiculous claim. We can say Wait, you, it's wrong. But you believe that the belief in God is equally as ridiculous. Yes. but that, And we have a disagreement about that. And you can say, well, there's, there's evidence. There's a big evidentiary difference. And that's a discussion we could have. I'm willing to have that discussion. My point is... What you can't do is say, how could you be sure of anything? You also can be sure of anything. I've just proven that you're sure of any no, of something. You I are sure that the Martian's not eating Maybe Pop-Tarts on the far that. side of the moon right now. It's Maybe possible to be sure. What I meant was, how can you be sure of everything? I'm not sure of everything. Right? Who said I was sure of everything? Then I said, I'm sure there's not a Martian and I'm sure there's not a God. Then you can't be sure of God. Why I think not? she meant, yes, how can be sure there's no God? I don't know how everything came to be. I don't know. I will probably never know. Exactly. Which That's unsure. You, I'm totally unsure you, about that. Carter, 
that makes you an agnostic. No, because the assertion that you know that there is a God who created it is a positive assertion for which there is no evidence. So therefore, it's the same category as the Martian eating Pop-Tarts. I disagree that there is no evidence. That's fine. We can have that discussion, but you can't dismiss me and say you're an agnostic. I'm saying evidence is required. You want to have the evidence discussion, that's fine. But you can't just say, well, if you don't believe with my particular view about how the universe was formed, therefore... You don't like, therefore, there's no like, you're an agnostic. No, no you don't I, believe I, that I, Zeus formed the universe. <laughs> I think Are I you a Zeus agnostic? Point. Is that what the, is that what this discussion dial is? Dial it back a little bit since Carrie has to go for twenty minutes. In 20 I know minutes. I have to go I'm back. Dial it back into one thing. The reason why I wanted to have this conversation, okay? The 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 big fat, huge reason why I wanted to have this conversation. And look, Carter, by the way, this is all in fun. We we love you. You're a good person. You know, you love your family and you know, you believe in, um, the golden rule for instance. And I don't believe that you're going to go off and, Oh my God. Okay. I think the golden rule needs a caveat, but now I thought that you believed in the golden rule and I wasn't terribly worried about you that you were (laughs) going to be worried to come. I don't know. murderer, right? Well, the or golden rule is not the only thing preventing people from being axe murderers. So I'm, I'm, there's a caveat to the golden rule, but go ahead. <laughs> what I'm saying, okay, the reason I wanted to discuss this and the reason I feel more than ever, um, it's necessary to have a faith in something in our creator. And, and I'm saying that, you know, you don't, have to have this um, this tunnel vision dogmatic belief in um, every single minutia of the Bible for me, okay? But the uh, the reason I'm saying that the that the idea of faith is important, and the idea that God exists, and the idea that we have souls, that we have actual souls that go on after these bodies die, the, the, the importance of that belief is that there are, um, there are consequences to how we live our lives. Now, what's happened with Christianity and the reason why I left, you know, my fundamentalist church and clearly the reason why you left the church and Christianity, Carter, is because the way they were equating fear was, you know, fear to explore outside the dogma. Well, that's not why I left. I mean, I just explained and, and I why I left. Christianity has gone wrong in that respect because they've, and I'm not saying, um, you know, the idea of God in general. I'm saying, you know, humans in church with this book and the way they um, they compartmentalize things and they use this fear to say you can't even explore outside mentally, um, that kind of fear has turned people off like you, like me, and like many others who are probably now atheists, especially a ton of Catholics. Oh my God. Yeah, so but that's not, but, but, but Julianne, that's not why I left. I explained why I left. It wasn't because I, I had, I, I, I was stuck. Like I was trying to evolve Christianity. No, I know. So like I was willing to change it. I understand about the logic. I understand that. Um, but th- that fear was an initial factor because you were dealing with the logic and the, and you know, because that you were fear tr- kept me in Christianity longer than I would have been. Yeah. 
Okay, because you were told not to venture out and you were afraid. But the fear that I think we should have has more to do with our souls and the eternity of our souls right, so and the health of our souls. And the, the thing is, is that if, if we were to ask the question, if we were to ask the question. Well, hold on, hold on. You've said a lot of things. Can we slow down for a minute? Because you're going to go like to f- places that I can't even, I can't keep track of the conversation if we keep going. I, I got to slow down. Okay. Uh we have gotten to this point in the conversation several times where you give up on trying to convince me that God actually exists and you switch to an argument of consequence from consequences where you say, well, it's necessary to believe because there's consequences if we don't believe. And I just want to check if that's what's happening, right? So we've had this conversation before and it always ends up in this like, okay, Carter, fine, I can't convince you that he exists, but, or it, it or whatever, I can't, I can't convince you of that, but... Here's the consequences of not having faith in believing this stuff, and you switch to an argument from consequences, which is a logical fallacy, sure. just to be clear, um, and that's where we are now. Is that correct? We have to believe because otherwise life would be unsufferable, and there would be blah, 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 and if, if we don't have souls, people will be commies. I don't, know what the, I don't know what it is, but that's the consequence. You're trying to scare me away. You're trying to back me into a belief No, no, no. I mean, and I'm, and I'm not—look, I'm not— I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't want you to get all defensive, Carter. I'm not trying to pick on you. No, no, I, I volunteered for this you know, conversation. I'm, I guess I'm just kind of concerned about the, the, you know, I mean, silly me. I'm concerned about the state of the whole world. I'm concerned about the state of all of humanity. Well, we're and, both, we share that, which is why we get along most of the time until we have yes, conversations and, about and, Especially, especially in, you know, in the Western first world, mm-hmm. um, what's been happening is that we've had this rise of atheism, um, of turning away from God and the church. And it has been that fear factor that has, it's the fear factor and the minutia of the dogma that has really turned people off. And also the corruption within the church, you know, like especially the Catholic church and all the priests and the pedophilia and all that stuff, obviously, I mean, huge, massive turnoff, right? Um, However, you know, you can, you can, you can put down my reason for wanting to say this, but if we were to ask the question, is human, are are humans basically good or basically evil? I would say that's a false alternative. I think they're both. I mean, I think we have the potential for both. And some people live, it's like that um, Solzhenitsyn quote about how, um, you know, the line dividing good and evil runs down the heart of every man. And he talks about how, like, after that, he's talking about how even the the most, the person who who does the most evil, there remains a bit of good undiscovered yep. in him. And even the person who lives in goodness and does mostly good, there remains an unearthed bit of evil in him. And, and I really believe that. And, and you can see, like, you can see people who live primarily in one of those two places, but I think if we look internally we, we are, and we're honest with ourselves, we can all admit that we have the potential for both. I see evil in me, just I like I see good in me. This is one of the things I like about Jordan Peterson's interpretation of Christianity is because he, he views the God devil, I don't know if this is the entirety of his interpretation, but one of the things that he said is he views the God and devil dichotomy as a metaphor for what's actually happening in the hearts of everyone. And mm-hmm. that this right. is a way to talk about what's going on in your own heart by anthropomorphizing those into, um, you know, very powerful deities 
and and having them duke it out and talk about what what one has a drive for and what the other one has a drive for and it helps you um it can help you uh conceptualize what's going on with your own internal dialogue and and possibly choose the the better path more often i just find it interesting that somebody as bright as jordan peterson um, would actually refer to things about the Bible as if they they had some validity, whereas I, I but I've said very clearly that I I think there's all some all things that the Bible says and say it has no validity. I never said that though. You're you're trying to paint me as someone who said that it has no validity. I've said that it. I believe that it is a heuristically derived method of transmitting. Um, sorry, it's a it's a it's a generational. It's a it's a transmission of heuristically derived information about how to live that's been that's been transmitted through generations i think there is validity to i think the concepts in it um have were something that evolved over time and societies realized this is better than that and and they were passed down through stories and those stories ended up to be anthropomorphized and eventually written down once there was actual written language and this was a way to transmit don't kill people because that's a good rule and like, there are some good rules in there, and it's a way to transmit them culturally. Like, I don't disagree with that, and I don't think hey, Jordan Peterson does either. I have to, I have to go. I have to go jump on this work call. But if you guys are still talking when I'm done, I'll rejoin. I don't know how long this is going to take. Yeah, call back and, if and, you can. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Right. Okay. I, you know, I'm glad, and I knew, and I knew that you felt that way. I mean, I knew that you know you saw that there were good things um, that the Bible or a belief in God um, can offer society. And and that's my reason for wanting to do this. That's my reason for wanting to say this. Of course, you can never convince someone else. And I mean, we've talked about reductionism before. We've talked about math and chaos theory and how, um, you know, even in chaos theory, there's order within the chaos. I mean, how do you get that, you know? And and, and I look at God and his idea about free will, and I think, wow, that 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 actually conjoins with with math and physics. It doesn't conjoin uh, with math and physics in the way that you think it does. Uh. You don't think it does. Well, it does. I mean, and in fact, a lot of scholars that are much, much brighter than me that were that worked with Stephen Hawking actually are Christians. And they Christianity agree. is a very popular religion. There's scholars that are Muslim, too. There's scholars that are Buddhist. That doesn't make Christianity, Islam, or Buddhism true. Um, so I, I guess... The, the the fundamental thing I point out is you you are looking for an explanation for why things are the way they are, and I get that. I, um, I don't need an explanation. Well, you have one, God. You are looking for one. Your explanation is God. Like you're, you're turning to string theory and chaos theory, and like, how does this happen? How does that happen? You're fascinated that by was, that, and you that was, and you want an that explanation. Was, that's a that's a thing making it happen. I don't know. I don't a, have an explanation I, to give you. I don't know why the universe is the way it is. That's how science works. Science doesn't know why it it knows that None things happen, know, and science will never know. I probably That's never know. I I agree. The point when science ends and faith begins. Well, and so I I don't so you, I disagree the with this. Ended for you and your faith said okay, then there's nothing, and the science ended for me, and then my faith said there's something, and the the thing is is that if we look at if we if we look at the psyche of humans 
and not just logic. See, this is the thing about um, atheists is that they look purely at the logical aspect of human of, of the human equation. But I'm looking also at the emotional aspect, right. at the heart. Atheists look aspect. at emotions. That's not true. Atheists totally look at emotions. Atheists, but, atheists view humans but, as animals with emotions and drives and all of that. The way you've arrived at your, um, at your conclusions that there's no God has no emotion involved at all. It's, it's, it's purely logical. Of course, because, because you don't derive, you don't arrive at, because, because faith is not, uh, faith is not faith a, a valid epistemological tool, right? Because we don't have all the information. So logic doesn't apply. What? Logic doesn't apply when we don't have all the information and can never have all the information. Sure, it does. Logic sure because the answer at that point is, I don't know. Why does there have to be an answer? Why do you need an answer so badly? The answer is, we don't know. That's a fine answer. We don't know. Because when you look at how humanity behaves. Okay, again, argument from consequences. Yeah, I, yes, I'm going to go down that road okay. because that's where we're at. Because that's where we're at in humanity. That's where we're at in the West, which is why the West has been crumbling. Well, the reason so why maybe we should have a conversation that's more directly related to what you're concerned about, which is, um, and and I, as an atheist, I totally believe this. By the way, I, like this is a, I, I'm not. People need, pe people do have clearly a psychological need for understanding how to live. Um, purpose and meaning in their lives that is absolutely true and atheism as such this is one of the failures of atheism atheism yep. does not provide anything there atheism is a lack of a belief in a god that's all it is there are ways to provide it there are rational ethics systems that have been derived most of the systems that claim to be rational ethics that were derived by atheists are horrible totalitarian communist authoritarian crap the 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 really bad philosophers glommed onto atheism claimed that all of science was because of of their like their philosophy was in line with science and atheism and then started pushing marxism and really horrible ideologies uh which i don't believe uh are actually logical uh but that's how they're presented and so you end up with people that this is one of the problems I have with atheism. You realize that you're actually you are actually arguing my side. No, I, <laughs> so I'm not arguing your side. I'm saying no, you are in the sense that you're saying that all the that no that what they're what they develop out of their atheism is has you know you look at humanity, look at what humanity has done with atheism. Atheism isn't, but but you're, you're but you're there's a distinction that you're not understanding here. Uh Atheism is a lack of belief in God. I understand it. Believe me, I do. A moral what code is—the fact that—hold on. The like fact that a moral code is necessary doesn't mean—the fact that meaning and, and, and a moral code are necessary for human survival long-term and human flourishing, the fact that those are necessary, uh, observably necessary, that fact does not mean that this particular God— is the correct thing to do, and that the atheist argument against that God is incorrect. That doesn't mean that. 
Atheism can be completely correct. It can be like, yes, this doesn't exist. There is no God, blah, blah, blah. And on top of that, if you want flourishing, you need to build something. You can't just raise the church to the ground and build nothing. You gotta build something there. And if you raise the church to the ground and build nothing, you get nihilism, and that's worse, actually, than the church. You and I are in agreement on that. Nihilism is worse than the church. I'm glad you agree. But that doesn't mean raising the church was the wrong thing to do. It means that there should have been a replacement, and it never happened. Rational philosophers didn't step in. You're a very bright man. So is Jordan Peterson. So are a lot of atheists that have logically arrived at their decisions. Um, They're very, very bright. I am not going to discount um, your or their capacity for logic and understanding. Okay. Obviously, your level of intelligence is higher than um, I would say the majority of humanity, okay? I mean, I don't know what your IQ is, but I'm sure it's at least 130 plus. I mean, mine's not shabby either. But if we're gonna look at all of humanity and we're gonna look at people who have, I mean, even in the West, the average IQ in the West is 100. The average IQ in Africa is 70. The average IQ in the Middle East is 80. Um, and then in Asia, it's 110, I believe. And then the, the, the average highest average yeah. IQ is the Ashkenazi with 115. However, you and a small amount of humanity have a higher than average IQ of probably 130 plus. Now, those people have a way of understanding all of this, being able to look beyond the logic and see the need for, um, for man to, um, to aspire to goodness because it's for the good of mankind, whether God is involved or not. Those people are such a tiny, tiny bit of minority. And those people, I'm not worried about. So, I'm not worried about so those people. So let's be what clear about what... About is yeah. what the masses are doing, what the masses believe. I mean, come on. There are people that believe in Africa that if you have sex with a virgin, you'll get cured of AIDS. Right. No, I understand okay. that. So, there are people in Asia, even with their high IQ, that if you eat ground up rhino horn, that you're going to get a better hard on. Right? I mean, I, you, I you get what I'm people. saying. It's, it's, I mean, it's the, the, there are a lot of humans in this world that are not um, as bright as you. So, you're, and there are so let's be clear, though. Let's, let's be clear. You. You're struggling with a valid problem, which is actually a problem that I've thought about, which is actually quite, it's a, I don't know the answer. There's a conundrum to solve here. But uh, let's just be clear. What your argument is, is it doesn't matter if it's true, the masses need it, because otherwise they descend into uh, hedonistic, nihilistic chaos. Is that what's being said? I'm not saying that it doesn't matter if it's true, because it needs to be true. Um, And, you know, for me, it's so clear to me that, that God exists. It's just that I think the problem that a lot of atheists have is that they want God to exist in the concept that they've put it in and their logic of how they conceptualize God is not within that box. 
And therefore, because their logic doesn't fit in that box, therefore God doesn't exist. And, and, and I think that that is limiting. Well, if we were going to have a, an actual debate about God, that when we, I mean, I probably would have started with define God, please, for me, because I can't have a discussion about something if I don't know the definition of it. What is the definition of God? I, 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 f I find it very difficult to define God. Um, I would define it as, um, I mean, they sort of define it in, in the Bible, the beginning and the end. Well, I do um, believe beginnings and ends happen. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't because we, again, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, we still don't know. I mean, if, if well, there, you know, there, if, there's a beginning of this show and an end of this show. The concepts exist. I'll but if the Big Bang Theory, for instance, is correct and you had an infinitesimally tiny dot with infinite mass, I mean, it's so in, uh, unfathomable. How, how can we logically even explain that? Well, so, so look, as science has learned, so this, is, this has been a trope throughout history, right? Every time science learns something new, it, first, it, first that new thing is used to debunk God. And then people who want to keep God around use something that science doesn't understand yet as proof that God exists. And then that thing gets explained. And then, that, and then like, oh, God's debunked again. Oh, but there's this further thing that we don't understand. So that's the proof of God. It, there's always going to be something. What, what that is, is what that argument amounts to. We're not omniscient, therefore God. That's not a valid argument. Like, of course, we're not omniscient. We don't understand. We're not going to understand everything. That doesn't mean a being created it. It means we are not omniscient. Why is it a being? Whatever. I don't know what the definition. You didn't define God. So I'm saying. Right. Well, I, don't know I mean, I, and I can't. I mean, if, I if can't. to you, God means we don't know everything. Well. I don't think the concept is necessary. Of course, we don't know anything. I agree. We don't know everything. But so let me ask you, if you if when you die, that's it. Dust. No, no, nothing. Yeah. And you're OK with that. It doesn't matter whether I'm OK with it. I'm not OK with dying. But it's it like, okay. I'm, not, I'm not OK with lots of things that happen. I broke I, my I arm. I'm not OK with it. Like there's lots of things I'm not OK with. I shouldn't be equating it to you. I guess I'm equating it to those people who, uh, you were right, I mean, you know, um, that would g go into nihilism and hedonism and all of those things because, I mean, those people are thinking, well, screw it. If there's no God, I'm going to do whatever I want to do, what feels good now, and who cares about anything else? Because, I mean, I'm just going to live my life and do whatever the hell I want. And when I die, I die, and that's it. And there's nothing afterwards, and there is no heaven, and there is no hell. And screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want. If I want to kill you, I'm going to kill you. If I want to rape a baby, I'm going to rape a baby. Who cares? Right. Right. And there's if I want to right. chest out take out your beating heart because I think the sun won't rise the next day. Well, I'll do that too. Right. And that there's an easy way to deal with those people. So the, the, the complexity of what their moral code would be if they were alone on a desert Island, I, I agree maybe is a little bit more difficult. Um, although still doable, but there's an easy way to deal with those people in society among other people. You, like you can very easily say, Oh, well, if, if human beings need to interact with each other, um, can we derive a logically consistent set of rules for that interaction that uh, is moral? Yes, we can. A very uh, basic way to say it, which is not complete, but I'll just, like, the non-aggression principle is very clear. Like, okay, you can't initiate the use of force against another uh, individual. Like, okay, the initiation of the use of force is wrong. So uh, wrong, meaning 
I, we don't care if it's right or wrong by a God standard, but you're going to get kicked out of society if you do it. So, like, we don't want to live with you if you do this thing. The end. Like, there doesn't need to be actually anything more than that to control people in that sense. And I don't think, however, I don't think most people don't murder simply because they think they're afraid of a God. I don't think that's why people don't murder. I think, I think humans have naturally evolved an aversion to <laughs> ramp, like, rampant murder. Um, some, some don't. Some do it, right? But, like, societies enforce that. Societies frown. Every society frowns on murder uh, pretty, pretty much. I mean, some societies have weird human sacrifices and other stuff. But, like, you to know. To do something for, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying about um, that, you know, it's better for society, but I, I, I do think that there has to be a foundation underneath it. And, and well, you don't. And I guess that's where we're going to always disagree. You I, think I that do there think there is. No, there has to be a foundation. No reason, with no underlying reason other no, than. No, I did not say I, that. I did not say that. There doesn't need to be, I, there does need to be an underlying reason. The reason so doesn't have to be reason? God. It doesn't so have what to be God. Is, so what, so what's your alternative? Well, you can look at, I mean, there's a few people who have worked on uh, uh, rational derivation of ethics and morality philosophically. Um, Ayn Rand was one of them. I think, I don't agree with all of her, uh, I, I don't agree with everything. I think, I think there are a few errors, but she provided a pretty good start. But even Ayn Rand wasn't um, unique. She was actually borrowing from a lot of uh, rational ancients who did a lot of work before her. Um, but you know, she asks the question, what's necessary for, so she asks the first question of like, what is philosophy? What's the purpose of it? And the purpose is exactly to address the problem that you're talking about, which is like people, philosophy is for telling you how to live on earth. Like, okay, that's good. It includes ethics and like you know, metaphysics. Like, okay, like what are we supposed to do? How do we live on earth? And she, she asks the question and then she, she goes down this path of asking like, okay, well, what are the requirements for man qua man? Like, what does man need to exist on earth? And she derives a, um, she derives basically the concept of self-ownership and from that, a lot of uh, other individual rights, basically. And that's how she goes around about doing this. And she comes to a conclusion, which is by and large, very similar to the, at least it's similar to at least the main tenets of Christianity that you're talking about. Like, yeah, you don't, you can't go murder people. You can't lie. You can't cheat. You can't steal. Like all that stuff is derived without a lick of reference to God, only reference to like, what is the nature of man on earth and what is, what is required for man's survival on earth? Like that's a rational way to do this. Right. Got it. And I see that all of that is very logical, but guess what's missing? Meaning and purpose. No, she talked about how to. She talked about meaning and purpose as well. Where, 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 what? So, okay, you tell me then. What, what meaning are you going to derive when you have no soul? Well, why is a what soul mean- necessary for meaning? I, I, I think it is. Okay. Well, I, think- I mean, I think, I, I think the the tough part here for people to come to terms with is um, meaning is self chosen. Meaning and purpose are self chosen. Right. And that's that's a little bit of work you got to do to choose your meaning. Um, but, uh, you know, there's nothing there's nothing that says, you're, you know, you need to have a meeting hand, meaning handed from on high from something that someone else says exists. Like, why? Why not choose Allah's meaning for your life? Why are you choosing the Christian God's meaning for your life? So God doesn't provide meaning either. 
the concept of God doesn't provide meaning, right? I, I, I'm not, uh, okay, um, let's not bring Islam into this because you know how I feel about Islam. Well, but that's why I brought it into this because Islam also but, has a God. It also has all these things. It has, it yeah. doesn't differ, uh, it doesn't differ from the attributes that you're uh, listing. It does, Islam doesn't actually. differ. It does. It does greatly. Does it, actually. Well, it believes that's in the soul, wanna, that's right? That's why I don't want to go down the road of Islam. But, you know, we could go down the road of um, some of the other religions and, and, you know, we can see some similarities there. Um, but, God, I lost my train of thought. Again, I am not concerned with you. I am no, concerned I know. I know. with the idea of where others, where the masses are going to get their sense of meaning. I, by the way, and, and you and I are in agreement on that. I am concerned with that as well. And I think, so, I so think what's it, happened, no, I just, okay. let me just describe what I think has happened and where the ball was dropped. Uh, I think, you know, I've said before a lot of times that the philosophy departments in universities that philosophers generally have been uh, basically corrupt. They've been destroying philosophy for a century or more more than a century. Um, and so I think what needed to happen was when, I mean, one of the things that brought about the acceptance of, you know, the, the Nietzscheism, like the, the, the acceptance of atheism generally, like the, one, of the, one of the reasons that people started to accept that was because of the scientific revolution, because uh, life around them, like science was clearly paying off. Um, and it's one of the things that allowed people to start to say, well, wait. No, but it's not paying off. It's so incomplete. In fact, the more we know, the more we realize we don't freaking know. Look at know. where you're it's sitting. Incomplete. Look at where you're sitting. You're sitting in a house in Los Angeles. I'm up in the Bay Area. We're having a conversation with video and audio, and we're recording it to broadcast later to the entire world. Science has paid off. Don't say it's science hasn't paid off. Science has paid off in a way that was inconceivable to ancient peoples inconceivable in okay yes in that respect yes but should, should science be worshipped i didn't say science should be worshipped i was describing but, what had happened in do. the past but people do worship science and that's a problem well i, don't, I, I mean worship. i don't know if the word worship i don't know what the word worship means in that like you should employ science because it's a valid cognitive tool but uh I, and an incomplete tool and it's still a theory. It's not an incomplete I mean, tool. It's not. It's the fact that it's not omniscient isn't sure about things. And then, and then we found that actually what we thought we were absolutely sure about was completely, entirely, totally wrong. And no. I wish I had a specific example I could give you right now, but I'm sure there are plenty. So that's not true at all. The way that science works is science proposes. So science looks at experimentation. It looks at. Uh, it looks at what's happened. It measures. It makes a theory about an underlying law that describes that behavior. That theory is used to replicate this behavior and test and move forward. Newton's laws are an example. Newton's laws were not proven wrong by Einstein. No, science is a theory based on what we think we already know. No. Is that not right? That's not right. Okay. Science I mean, is a method. I, no. Science is a method of... Science is a method. Um, science is a method of looking at the world... And, and figuring out how uh, models that, that are logically consistent that explain the behavior of the world that can be used predictively to, in a repeatable way, that can be used to make a transistor, to build the computer. Like someone had to figure out how semiconductors work at a PN junction at some point 
um, or, or maybe Schottky did, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. Uh, someone figured out the way that the world works in certain ways and applied it. Keyword. Keywords in certain ways on certain levels. Sure. Okay. Yes, but I've that. said from the beginning, you can't knock science because it's not omniscient. Omniscience is not the standard. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that it needs to be humbled. By what? It's the best way to get It's the only way we have of getting information. It's literally the only I, way we know anything I, about the world. I am not saying that science needs to be stopped. I'm not saying that discovery needs to be stopped. I'm just saying that we need to humble ourselves a little bit and realize that what we think we know, we might not know. That's all I'm saying. I don't understand I mean, what that means. So I don't like... Do we not know that transistors are working right now? From, I get such arrogance from people. It's like, oh, well, science, as if it's the ultimate truth, and it's not. Okay, well, that's because that's what you're experiencing is people who don't understand science, who are using scientists and the name of science to push political agendas. So they're, they're, not, they're not representative of science. They're not actual science. But science is not ultimate truth. Science is theory. It's theory. Of course. Everything okay. is theory. Thank you. I mean, science. Right. So, but so, okay. So, it, oh, but but theory is the best that, we've got. Theory, that's the that best we have. Though. If everything is theory, then science is also theory. Faith is also theory. No. Non-belief in faith, a, a non-belief is also theory. It's all theory. You can't bring everything down. Like you're you're using you're using a. You're using semantic tricks to bring everything down. You're basically doing nihilism. What you just did was nihilism. No, I'm not trying to. I'm not. Everything's trying to be... not nothing. Everything's not unknown. Everything's not a theory that's equally valid. Science is a method that works. It works, and we have proof that it works. We have proof that it works. This conversation is proof of how beautifully the scientific method has worked to get us some information about Certain the world. It's yes. it's not omniscient Certain. information. But it's some amount of information that turns out to be really freaking useful. And it's all we've got to go on. Nothing else. Rain dances didn't build the internet. Praying didn't build the internet. Belief in things didn't build the internet. None of these things built medicine, the internet, anything. Science has, has – science, the method of science has massively allowed humans to thrive on this planet. Massively. Science is responsible for that. Now, not people who claim science, not scientists who claim that science is settled. That's never true. Science, science is never comes settled. From math, by the way. Right? What? Science comes from math. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Because everything, everything is, is. I mean, is, a mathematician might argue that everything comes from math because math is basically just, as I said earlier, the law of identity applied. So, I guess in that sense, you could argue that. But whatever. Math um, is the building blocks of the universe. Math is. It math is. Math starts it's the with a premise. Of the universe. And when you, as I said about reductionism, when you go down and you reduce it down, you reduce down what is physical: atoms, strands, strings, and then it turns into pure math. And then you think, well, where does math? It doesn't come from? turn into pure math. It does. It does. You've never seen a string. Okay. This is all, talk about theory. I mean, you're acting like science is all theory, and then you are taking the most bizarre theoretical, very little support, theoretical new age science crap that like 
Stephen Hawking changed his mind on black holes. I mean, these people are these are these people are pontificating, and they will say that they're honest people. They will say we don't. I have no freaking idea. We don't know how to understand the data. Here's some maybe bizarre things to look at it. Like they don't know. Saying that they're humbled. At yes. least they're saying that. And I'm not saying that I am, you know, God, I'm not a, I'm not a scholar, you know, geez. But my point is a, like my, I'm my actress with a, with a, um, a father who is a computer engineer and a mathematician. <laughs> right. But you can't you so here's the thing. You can't use logic to disprove logic. Everything that you say in a logical argument relies on the existence of logic, which relies on the law of identity. So you can't say scientists have proven that science is illogical or that the world is illogical. Science literally can't do that. It cannot because all of the methods used to obtain all that information rely on the law of identity. And if that's not true, then nothing that we've learned is true and nothing would be working, frankly. Like you can't, science can't, you can't use logic to disprove logic. You can't rely on science entirely because science is incomplete. It's incomplete. It, yes, it is incomplete, you know, but it's, it's all we have. It's incomplete. If, of course it's incomplete. I've said that. I've said over and over again, we are non-omniscient. Science is non-omniscient. It's incomplete, right. but it is right. all we have. It is literally the only tool we have for interpreting the world. It's the only one. So it's not complete. Big freaking deal. But it's the only tool right. we've got. Where it's not complete, that's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes what in. What do you mean faith comes in to do what? Faith is just belief in something apart from any rational reason to believe it. Oh. Faith wouldn't be necessary if there was science <laughs> we, there. Is we, that correct? Okay. So this, you know, this is very interesting. It's like if we let's just pull back from this conversation because right. obviously, you know, we, we will never we will never agree. It's this is fascinating. And I mean, you're giving me a serious run for my money, I have to say. I'm sure all the atheists out there that are going to be watching this are going, oh, bravo, you know, Carter's destroyed Julian. I'm not trying to destroy you. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to make, I'm trying to, I'm trying to hold you to account for what you're saying. That's all I'm trying to do. And, and, and I agree that science is not. I'm not worried about you or I, I'm worried about the idea of tearing down the idea of God and replacing it with atheism, or worse, nihilism, and you agree with me, is not working. Now, I, I, under, I realize that with the advances that we've made in science and with um, our logic, I, I realize that for a lot of people, they find going back and reading the Bible— and the idea of believing everything the Bible says just seems like lunacy. But to have taken it away entirely and not provide anything else in its path. And I mean, humans have been around for a long time. We've been around, you know, we've tried lots of different ways of structuring our society. And I hate to say it, but the Christian society has fared the best. Oh, I don't hate to say it. And I agree with you on that. And I agree with what you just said prior to that, which is replacing Christianity with atheism is not a good idea. I agree. Atheism Please. is not atheism. Okay. Let, let, yeah, but you uh, hold on. Let me say this part. This is important. It View is. the church as a building. Christianity is a building. Atheism is a bulldozer. There needs to be a replacement building. Atheism is not a, a bulldozer. Does not replace a house. They're not. It's not intended to be a replacement. 
It, atheism is not intended to replace morals and beliefs. It's not intended for that. Absolutely, there should be a replacement. And the replacements and actually don't have to be that complex. I know you are concerned about the masses of humanity needing something very simple to digest. I think it's the work of uh, rational atheist philosophers to develop things. But I'll tell you right now, one thing I did, my daughters, I raised as an atheist and I just used universal preferable behavior, which I'm not sure is the right, uh, I'm not sure it's the best uh, description, but it was the simplest and easiest um, and gets her to all the same places very easily. Um, so it, it works, right? And she knows how to universe, universalize principles intuitively. Your daughter is very bright. Even when she was young, right? When she was very little, right? If she, uh, I've told this story before on the show. Base, you can't base on, you can't base building humanity on um, your daughter. Is your daughter bright? Well, but when she was five, I think I can, I can base it on that. You, you need to be able – if you can teach a five-year-old, no matter how bright – I mean, she's not Mozart or whoever was like Beethoven. Who, in, who, uh, who, who wrote symphonies when they were five? I forget. One of the um, – uh, Beethoven uh, or Mozart? I think it was Mozart. Um, yeah, she's great, but you know, she's not like – it's not like she was doing calculus when she was five. Okay. So like if you can teach a five-year-old, you can – and you can – you can teach a five-year-old to universalize. It's very easy. Um, and they end up with the morals that you're wanting. It's not impossible to roll out a house that replaces the cathedral that was raised by atheism. I, I, I'm, I'm at a center, a center point here because the thing is, is that there's a lot of aspects of the Christian church that I'm not thrilled about. Although I will support those people that are a part of the Christian church because um, I think that it it does help to give them meaning and purpose and and um, is is a good can be a good influence in a lot of people's lives and I think it's good and I would encourage it. Um, but I'm at a place where I actually believe that God and science does merge. Um, now you've decided that it doesn't, but I believe that there is a logical place where God and science. Um, is joins together because you know for me god exists and he's behind every i hate to say he you can say he will know that you mean i don't even know what to call yeah the all is behind everything and so science is part of it math is part of it well then why can't Uh, that be your answer from the beginning what's behind the all it's uh, god god is the all the all is God, and I have no way of, of – I am truly humbled because I have no way of logically explaining it, but um, I, I believe it to be true, and yes, I'm taking that leap of faith. If, if people want to accuse me of being an idiot for taking that leap of faith because of the various things that I see, like, you know, as I explained to you about math, I explained I, – there was another incident I – I told you about where I met this uh, biological science and she was telling me about these cell structures that she came across. And she had said that with these cell structures, the way they function, she said there, I don't know if you remember me telling you this, um, there is 100% utilization. So there was no evolution involved because the thing is, is when you have evolution in, uh, in um, uh, what do you want to call it? 
structures, animals, whatever, um, biological beings that there is kind of junk DNA that has kind of just stayed there that Mm -hmm. isn't, isn't utilized. And what she's saying in these certain cell structures now, you know, I think there is evolution. There obviously clearly has been evolution. Um, but there are certain cell structures that are perfect, literally perfect, 100% utilization, totally perfectly intricately structured in the way the, the workings of the cell is. Now, I'm not a biological scientist, but I can understand that. I can understand what she's saying with that. And she said to me, she said, I said, oh, I said, so does that mean that you believe in God then? Um, and she said, well, I don't, I don't want to necessarily say that. She said, but there is no doubt in my mind and there is no doubt in any biological scientist that has witnessed these particular cell structures. I wish I could name which cell structure she was talking about specifically, but I can't remember. She was saying they are absolutely 100% convinced that they were designed. 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 Okay, I mean, look, I'm not a biologist. I don't know the cell if, structures. But if, if that's true... And I have no reason to believe that she would lie to me. And I would, uh, you know what? I'm going to, on our next conversation, I'm going to search out these cell structures and I'm going to. It doesn't, it doesn't gonna, matter what the cell structures are because but, at the end of the day, okay. it's not proof that there's a God. The fact that a bunch of biologists don't know how to explain perfect cell structures is not proof of a god. It means there's something cool in nature that they no. think is neat that doesn't no. seem to go uh, – it doesn't seem to be no, coherent with I evolutionary no. I uh, asked, science. No. I asked her that. I asked her that. I said – She's not god. To... She's not omniscient. You can't just say I asked a scientist and she thinks there's a god. That's not an argument. No, it no, doesn't no, matter not... what she thinks. The correct scientific interpretation of that is, here's a cool thing. We don't understand how it evolved or, or how it came into existence. Let's study it further. Not, therefore, Allah or God or being or anything. That's not how science works. No, she didn't say that. She didn't say that. I, I jumped to that conclusion, and she, she, um, you know, she didn't accept the idea that there was God. But she did say that there's no way that this could naturally occur in nature. She that said she, that. That she understands. She said there is no way on earth. She said there is no way in the universe that this particular cell structure and the way it functions and its 100% utilization could possibly have evolved or arrived given nature. She said it's impossible. It is designed. She was, I mean, I can't tell you how emphatic she was. It was absolutely designed. So that opens up a whole other series of questions. If it was designed, well, who or what designed right. it? So look, I, I so that can go into a whole thing. If you, you just, wanted to really you just explained to me. Oh, so are we here? Were we just designed? Are we kind of like some sort of human alien hybrid that was designed by by aliens? And, you know, and they designed some of these cell structures and they, you know, and then over time, some of these cell structures mutated, et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Right. But then it still poses the same question. If you had these, you know, super uh, intelligent aliens that came down to Earth and did all this, well, who designed them? Where, you know, where are you gonna, where are you gonna end with this? Why us? do you have to have a designer for the aliens? I don't understand. Uh, anyway, like, look, here's the thing. <laughs> so you've, you've, you've explained to me that rightly, science is not omniscient. Science doesn't know everything, right? In fact, right. you push back on, on knowing things generally. And we agree on that. Right? You, you push back and on we this. Agree. 
Yes. I agree it's not omniscient. Uh, I do think you can use the word no, uh, that you know things. Um, In some aspects, yes. I agree with that. So she... I'll correct a scientist on something that I don't even... I'll, I'll use philosophy to correct a scientist. She does not know it was designed. She knows that it doesn't fit the models of evolution as we understand them, and it's an unexplained, really cool thing. That's the limit of her knowledge. I don't need to be a biologist. Based on what you're saying, I don't need to be a biologist to tell you that. The limit of her knowledge is this doesn't fit all the models that I know for how cells could come into being. It is an anomaly. I don't understand it. Uh, I can posit that it was designed. Uh, I could posit that it wasn't designed. I could posit that it sprung into being from quantum mechanics randomly. I don't know, right? But the proper thing to do is to categorize this as an unexplained anomaly that needs further investigation and might eventually change our understanding of evolution or other things or could or lead God. to aliens. Maybe we'll or find God. out that aliens were on the planet and they designed stuff. Or God. It can't lead to God. Can you say it? Can you see? You see, you can't even say it. Well, because it you might. haven't defined God. You haven't defined God. I can't say it. Could, it could lead to blah, blah, blah. Like, what's God? You haven't defined it. Well, <laughs> I can't say it could lead to an undefined thing that you, who are a proponent of God, ultimate, can't even define. The ultimate beginning of everything. The creator that is behind everything. The thing that I don't know if there is a creator behind everything. Neither does the scientist. You don't either. Right. Which, which makes you, <laughs> which makes you not an atheist. It makes you an agnostic. I would feel so much more comfortable if you could at least say that you're a nerd. No, I'm not because because I do not believe there is a creator. I think that is wrong. I think it's false to say that there's a creator. It's false to say that there's a creator because it's not because there's not evidence. There's not enough evidence that rises to the uh, level where I would consider it knowledge. And I could say the same thing. There's not enough evidence to say that there absolutely is no God. Well, but, so you can't, but that's the proof. No, that's the no, because the positive you're making a positive claim about reality. That's not how proof works. You know this, right? I, you, I can just say like, well, prove that the Martian doesn't exist eating Pop-Tarts on the dark side of the moon. And you like, oh. that's not how you, you don't have to prove the negative. You don't have to prove the negative. I am not disputing that there are unknown phenomenon, that there are things we can't explain, that there's mysteries of the universe we can't explain. Yeah. There may be mysteries of the universe science can never explain. What I am yeah. arguing with is that there is some I sort of being that. that created everything and that you know this to be true and that I'm supposed to accept it at least as a possibility. Yeah. I don't um, even accept it I as say, a possibility. Should I say no? I'm, I'm not going to say no. And I'm humble enough to say that I don't know. Wait, you don't know what? Uh, that I am going to take that leap of faith and believe that because the leap of faith actually um, is life affirming. It's life affirming to have that leap of faith. I understand that there's psychological value in it for you. But and that's I believe not that, the there are, that there are um, things in this world that when I just am quiet and observe, um, and I've talked about this before, there are things that are unexplainable, um, like beauty and truth and love. Well, and I know you've tried to logically explain all of those things, but um, it, I don't. It doesn't matter if they're explainable. I don't believe those things cover it in its entirety. And, it doesn't matter. You know, it, they don't have to be explainable. Even if beauty, even if even if love was not explainable at all, which 
I, again, I, I do think it is explainable, probably, evolutionarily, although I'm not a, an expert. It doesn't I, I, matter. Yeah, it I, doesn't I, have to be explainable. God doesn't not mean, like, unexplained things, things don't mean God. But, but I think the things that you seek to, I mean, you know, you can, you can tell me, okay, I can explain love, I can explain beauty, I can explain truth, all of those things, um, but the way that you logically explain those things um, I believe limit them to what they actually really are, which are transcendent and, um, and God is transcendent. Um, and getting back to the house that atheism and science has bulldozed, um, you know, I believe that we can reach a point where we don't have to accept, uh, you know, there's a middle point, there's a middle point. Um, you know, I wish that atheism hadn't destroyed the entire freaking house. You know, maybe atheism could ask some questions that destroyed, I don't know, part of the roof and a wall or two. And we can then move forward and build something that has the idea of, um, of there being a God, which helps a lot of humanity have... Um, a sense of meaning and purpose and helps them to look at the world with a way that is not nihilistic, like, oh, this is all there is. This is all we are. This life is all there is. There isn't anything more. But look at life like, man, look at this. Look at this amazing existence. Look at look at this, you know, that there's there's something there's something so wonderful and beautiful and truthful and full of love that is behind it all. And it gives us a sense of, it, it gives us that sense of meaning. It gives us that sense of purpose. And I really, God, I'm getting all emotional. And I really think that we we need that. I think humans, I think humans desperately need that. And, and that is, it couldn't be more clear when you see what's happening in the West and you see the nihilism and you see the darkness, you see it. But you we see, agree, we agree that humans need... Yeah. Big time. Yeah, we. I, I agree that humans need purpose, but your description of when you get emotional and you look out at the world and the beauty in it, uh, that's the sense that an atheist gets when they contemplate the unknown. We look. I, I mean, I look out at the world and I think, oh my God, there is so much to discover. There's so much that we don't understand. There's so much that we don't know. We'll never know. The universe is enormous. I have like, I have no idea. What's in the, like, right. this is okay, exciting. So it's an exciting, it's like a, it's like being a, a, a frontiers person. Like there's, a, there's all these frontiers to explore. There's all these avenues to go down. We have no idea about any of this. We're just tapping into the fact that we're not omniscient is, is great. We, we know such little about everything. We know such a little bit. And, and, and yet just a little bit that we figured out our standard of living has gone I, I, agree. I agree. It's been amazing. Like, how amazing could our experience be? It, it, this is awesome. So, like, but I don't. What's really beautiful about what you just said, though, is that we're both looking at the same thing. We're both looking at this amazing world and universe and all the variety and the, the beauty and the love and the truth and the colors and the wonderful things that exist. And we're both going, wow. Isn't it incredible? And my wow is wow, God, and your wow is wow for wow. I don't know. I mean, you're you're yeah. as 
Wow, look where we are. How lucky am I to be born? Look, how lucky am I to, to be born at this time in this spot? Like, and how lucky I am, am to be human who can look at the stars and even ask these questions and contemplate. Like, that is an amazing amount of luck. That, and, and I'm grateful for that amount of luck. But it's not, it, I don't need. But is like, it comfortable for you to be able to look at all of that and say, wow, and then say, oh, there's no reason for any of this? There's no, there's no intelligence behind any of this. There's why no, does there need to be reason no and intelligence? I have reason and intelligence. I'm excited for my life and my loved ones and the people around me and humanity. Like, why do I need some other intelligence to have put mercury where it is? Who cares? I don't care. It doesn't, there doesn't need to be an intelligence for me to be in awe of the universe and have love for humanity and, and what we've achieved and feel lucky about the fact that we're here and can contemplate these things and can look at the stars and can learn about microbiology and develop cures to things and all the cool things humans can do, have conversations on the internet. All of that is amazing. I don't need, I, I don't need someone to say, like, I stop where the explanations stop and I go, well, I guess we don't know this other stuff. I don't need to know this other stuff. Mystery is wonderful. God takes all the mystery out of it. All the mystery's gone with God. It's like, well, there's a man behind a curtain and he pulled some levers and that's how it happened. That's no, that's not fun. There's no mystery there. I don't see it. That's, I mean, I think that's a ridiculous. Obviously I'm being ridiculous in my, my formulation of it. But it's so sad that people at atheists, you know, see it this way in this kind of limiting way. It, it is awesome. I mean, it's so awesome. And I don't use that word lightly because I know a lot of people in California use that word right. every day. I mean, my God, you hand people a awesome. credit card at a freaking department store. They go, oh, awesome. You've just handed me. A, it's like, that's not awesome. Awesome is this. All of this. This is awesome. Right. I just I, I get look, anyway, I, I'm not I don't view it as limiting look this is where you and I disagree and and I don't th- and there is no way to reconcile here because we're both no there isn't we're I, both I describing guess, you know, emotional reactions that we have we, we, we have to look beyond the two of us I I you know I I I hope for things I guess I am a bit of an idealist I hope for things for humanity I just I want more people to find uh, um to, to find their meaning and purpose. And I think that to have this belief that there is something behind the nothing, that there's something, there's some reason that all of this is here. There's some reason Why? that we have all this and that we're able to discover things, all of those things, that there's something behind that nothing. Well, there is. There's more science. Like every layer, there's more layers of the universe. There's always something more. We know so little. There's always more to discover. That's that's great about being non-omniscient. We don't like. There's a lot we don't know, and there will and always God be something. God is to omniscient. What? God is omniscient. God is omniscient. Well, I mean, that's boring. Um, like. Well, no, it's not. I mean, we were just saying how uh, how can that be boring? How can being how can how can that be boring? How can you even? I mean, so Looking, so. Wait a minute. Wait, wait. We're defining God now. God as a being that's omniscient. Is 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 God yeah. omnipotent as well? Yes. So omniscient and omnipotent. Yes. Okay. Um. So I mean, how do you get around? You're 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 proposing a concept. How do you get around basic logic contradictions, logical contradictions with that? 
you don't care about the logical contradictions that are inherent you're in those statements? Logical contradictions on things that are in a Bible that is full of detailed no, dogma. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm basing them on omniscience and omnipotence, which cannot exist in a, in a being. But God isn't a being. It's beyond that. It doesn't well matter. Beyond. It's some entity, whatever you're saying. And you're, you, like, we need a concept for it. I don't care if it's called a being. But, you know, um, if one is, uh, if one's omnipotent, I mean, there's the, uh, what was the philosopher that asked this? Um, but can't we at least admit that it's unfathomable for us with our limited brains? I mean, we, we have a limited brain. We but you're just making up a story that's unfathomable. I could make up a story that's unfathomable and saying, look how unfathomable is it, it is. You must believe it. It's unfathomable. You just can't fathom it. Anyone can make that up. I could make up any story about any kind of entity with any kind of existence that's unfathomable, that is contradictory. And I can point to the logical contradictions as proof that you just can't understand because it's unfathomable. That's not but an it's argument. Logical, it's logical contradictions based on what you think you know or what you think has already been. I would do this. That would be my argument back to you. Man, by man with their limited intelligence and their limited information. Again, you're making an arbitrary, we have limited information, we have limited intelligence, that's, that's the realm that we can have discussions within that realm. We can only have discussions about things we know. What you're saying is, I, Julianne, am making a claim about something that is both unknowable and outside of your ability to critique it in any way, and you must agree with this claim. That's tyranny. And I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled by it, and, and for me, that is where God lives. I understand, but to ask other people to accept that is authoritarian in some sense. You get that, right? I'm, I'm not, um, yeah, okay, look. Um, to demand that people accept it, no, obviously, you know, that's not, um, that's, that's not gonna work. Um, however, um, to find a place where we can build a house that gives humanity meaning and purpose and that there's something behind the creation of everything that, that gives them that meaning and purpose, that, that they do have a soul. Well, why is that necessary? I mean, I agree that meaning and purpose are necessary. I agree that the ethical systems are necessary to develop, but I don't know why the soul and God is necessary. Without a soul, there's no consequences. Unless you want to think, oh, yeah, okay, so I'm going to go and kill somebody, and you know, maybe my lawyer will get me off on, on uh, manslaughter, and I'll do five years. So do you think only Christians don't murder? No, no, no. That's stupid. No. So I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, there are psychological consequences. The there are real consequences. consequences. The consequences of the idea of caring for your soul for eternity not just for the time that we have here. Okay, so, but again, so this is, again, it's obviously it's an argument from consequence, but uh, assuming we're going to go down the argument from consequence path, <laughs> what you're saying is, I should believe in God because I should be afraid that my soul might burn in hell? If I were God, I would be, dis I would be disgusted with people who believed in me because they were afraid I was going to burn them. That sounds really bad the way you put it. <laughs> sounds really bad the it's way you put it. The way you just put it. That's how you put it. And if I were a, if I were a god, I I'm would be I'm, I would I'm, reject that kind of worship. I would say, "What that is that's gross. 
you're only not murdering people because you think I'm going to burn you for all eternity? What the hell kind of a horrible person are you? You can't think of any other reasons not to murder? Leave me out of this. That would be my response if I was God. Okay. You've taken that response and turned it into its most base in that, in that respect, which is the reason why people have been rejecting it. But what I'm saying is that, you know, and you have this idea about, um, you know, ethics and morality based on, well, I don't know what it's based on because you don't believe in it's God. It's based but, on reality. It's based on okay. what, what's it's required for man's existence and happiness and flourishing on earth. It's based on reality and logic. Right. Um, what I'm saying is that the, you know, you, you, you came to this conclusion about like, oh, okay, so the only reason I'm caring for my soul is because God will burn me in hell. No, the reason I'm caring for my soul is um, because my soul lives on and um, I wouldn't want to be in a bad place like forever and ever. Therefore, I would want to care for my soul that nurtures my soul that is part of the good aspects of the universe. Let me ask you this. Do you believe in good and evil? Yeah, of course. So you believe true evil exists? I mean, I don't know what true evil means. I think there are deeds that are evil. I think there are people who are more often evil than not. Um, and yeah, yeah certainly. What, what, you know, if you're dealing with people that are not supremely logical as you are to kind of go down this road of these, you know what you said? Oh, you think that God would think it would be horrible if we were saying, well, if you don't do this, I'm your, you know, I'm going to burn your soul in hell forever. But I hate to say it. There are some people that don't have your same sense of logic that maybe they do need that. Maybe they do need to think, oh, my God, I'm going to burn in hell forever. And maybe that will get them on the road of thinking, well, not only do I not want to burn in hell forever, but I also would like to. Um, embrace the good things of the universe and my soul will hopefully be in a good place and um, and realize all the beauty and love and the awesomeness and the truth and the and the uh, eternity of all the wondrous good in the world and so, well, so maybe now we're, now we're getting into an interesting question about basically what you're asking about is a political system you're basically asking a question from an elitist perspective, and I don't mean in a bad way. I mean, like, look, there's a lot of people who struggle to tie their shoes in the morning. How do we manage a world in which... I know. It sounds really bad. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm not trying to be this super... Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not, you know, like I said, I'm no scholar. No, I, I, I'm not I'm accusing you of it. I, I no just scholar. mean, like, that's the conversation we're having now, which is basically, how do you get the masses to behave? Um, and... I, yeah, I I do think it's important to have a uh, discussion about that, and I do think it's important to come up with um, ways to communicate morality and healthy psychology to the masses. And I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it requires a huge and IQ. I, I think synonymous also with meaning and purpose sure. and soul and and the idea of a soul. I, I don't do. Think I, the idea of a soul is necessary, but meaning purpose. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get behind. Uh, I mean, you know, if we look at our bodies and we look at, you know, like here's my situation, you know, when I was younger, I was more beautiful 
And, you know, and then I look as I'm aging and I'm getting older and things are dropping and I'm just thinking, damn, you know, is this all there is? And I'm just going to be this old woman with aches and pains and boobs down to my waist. And <laughs> you know what I mean? And you kind of look at that if you're thinking if this is all there is, just this. And that's it, man. Well, I mean, it's one of the reasons people have children because <laughs> it's one of the reasons people have children. It's why our species procreates. I'm going to die and... Uh, things have already started to droop on me, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. I'm flabbier than I used to be and getting older. And, uh, yeah, but, uh, that's why I have a child and, and maybe more, uh, at some point. So, um, yeah, I, I, I wish I'd had them, but I I don't, I don't, I don't envy you for like, I know that's a tough situation to be in, but, uh, the truth is like, yeah, this is all there is. My point is not just, you know, my situation. That sounds really superficial. I'm just saying that if we're looking at the sum total of who we are by just like, you know, the fact that we're here, this is our physicality and that, that we don't have a a soul that is transcendent from all this. It just, it just feels very limiting, but I, you know, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's, I don't know if it's because I'm a female, um, maybe I'm looking at things from, um, you know, not solely a logical standpoint, but also an emotional and a heartfelt standpoint and a soulful standpoint. Well, look, I mean, I, here's the thing. I know a lot of people feel like God needs to exist. I know a lot of people have psychological reasons for wanting things to be true, but wanting things to be true doesn't make them actually true. Um, and if I look at how to deal with the masses going forward, um, I don't know that it's an easily solvable problem because religion has also done some pretty horrible things, not just some good things. And it can be used. It can be misused. Can we quantify that? Not religion. People people that have bought into the religion not well but you're proposing to use religion as a solution to uh ostensibly obtain peace and stop people from murdering each other and my point is uh people when they adopt religion do not always do what you are proposing will be done now you know that's you know religion religion with the all all the very defined dogma in any any given book is limiting and I don't understand the limitations there because God is not limiting. God is not well, limiting. Well, it's got to be some limitations. I mean, you want there to be rules about not murdering, right? I mean, one of the well, things sure, you're saying sure. is I, that— yeah, I, yeah, of course. So there's okay. some sort of bounds you're asking for. You're not asking for people to just believe in some, like, hey, just say you're agnostic and everything's fine, or just believe in, like, something without defining it. That's not what you want. You want something a little bit more specific with some rules, right? Right, right. Okay, so, um, I mean, I think ultimately what we're, what we're hitting up against, and this might be depressing reality of it, but uh, I, think, um, I think the psychological health of humanity um, needs to be a primary consideration for moving forward. I think it's unlikely that the current version of human can exist peacefully in the state that we all want us to because um we have humans uh, are we've got a lot of we've got a lot of violence and we've got a lot of um hatred and anger and ignorance and stupidity and and that's why we need something rather than 
nothing. Well, I would take a longer term view and say, how do we how do we create an incentive system where um, that eventually goes away in humans? And I think what you're arguing is that religion is a crutch that can be used to fill the gap between the shortcomings of humanity and what we'd like them to be. I'm saying that crutch is actually quite dangerous because it has been used as a weapon in the past. And what I would rather do is figure out a way to ditch the crutch and move forward in a way that uh, over time evolves humanity to be capable of determining meaning and not murdering each other without having to believe in a story that someone wrote down a few thousand years ago. I don't believe it's a crutch. I don't, I don't okay. believe, I think that that limits what it is. Um, I think that humans have, have uh, interpreted it as a, a crutch. It's not a crutch. Well, I so I, the way I meant that context, maybe you can... I actually think it's, it's, the, it's the embracing of what real, um, uh, real life and the existence and our relationship to the universe is. It's, it's, it's a true coming home to ourselves, who we are, our world and our universe. It's where it all comes together. Well, so now I, I feel like we're moving the goalposts here because we put the discussion about whether or not that was true or not on the sidelines. And you were arguing that regardless of the truth of it, it's necessary for humanity to move forward because they're going to go out and kill each other without some sort of rules from religion. I, I, I didn't say regardless of the truth because I believe it is the truth. <laughs> okay, so, is, but, but your argument to me truth. was, but well, but your argument to me turned into, well, let's stop arguing about whether it's the truth regardless people need it. I mean, that's basically what you said. Like, regardless, well, I, it's necessary. I was trying to get to the other. I, I wanted to just kind of um, go, you know, because obviously we will go forever in circles on right. God doesn't exist versus God exists. Um, and with the two of us individuals, I, I, I guess I, I, you know, I kind of wanted the conversation to reach beyond um, our own individual uh, beliefs but actually look more at the sum total of humanity as a whole and and look okay. at how what what solutions we could give to humanity um, where we could move forward and and um, help us to God, I don't even want to say the word, but you know evolve. It's not really the right word, but right. No, I, I understand what you mean. I mean I I I think it is where we agree is that uh, the tearing down of Christianity without replacing anything has wreaked havoc. What has happened often in the place of it is atheists have become a state theists. They've replaced God with the state um, right. and or democracy, which right. are basically just other forms of tyranny, um, which right. are horrible, horrible. Right. And um, I, I do think that a... So where you and I disagree is what I think is is needed is a I'll say a rational I don't want to call it a renaissance because it hasn't really happened already but a um, a building of a very simple structure of beliefs that is not based on a god so that people who look at the god stuff and say I'm not I want to be an atheist I don't believe in God still have something to uh, help them make sense of ethical, uh, proper ethical behavior and metaphysical uh, truths without 
turning to, well, what's true is what everyone votes, or the state is the ultimate arbiter of morality. Um, and and I think I don't think we're actually far away from that. I think there's a lot no, of people I that have laid groundwork for that, and it could totally be done. I, I think that um, there are a small percentage of people like you that are um, satisfied with that idea. And to have this kind of set of ethics and morals um, that aren't based on 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 God. I'm, well, okay. I'm saying that those can well, be. I'm, I'm saying that those can be applied to other. I, I know you're going to say other people don't can't can't do that. What my point is, I'm it's the responsibility of, of us to make it. I think oh. they can do it. We need to make it digestible. Religion was made very digestible and very easy to understand. Right. Most Christians don't read the Bible. They just hear what the preacher says. So right. we can make it very, like it can be made digestible to people. It doesn't require a degree in philosophy. It doesn't require hours and hours of philosophic uh, research and thinking about the topic. You can actually we can make it relatively digestible to people. That should be our goal. My, my biggest my biggest concern, though, is I do believe that most people, most humans have a, a very deep, deep need for um, the idea of something behind the nothing. I, I, I do believe that. I think that there's a small percentage of humans that don't need that, like you. I would say the vast majority of, of humanity actually does need to know that there is something behind the nothing. And I know that's something that you can't I necessarily mean, relate to on a personal level. Right. And, you know, for me, just like I can't relate. And the reason I left, you know, my fundamentalist church was because I can't relate to the tunnel vision of thought that is limited to the dogma that is, you know, word for word from the Bible. I, 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 I couldn't I couldn't abide by that. Right. Um, but the the vast majority of humanity does need something behind the nothing. Now, if the small majority that needs that is fine like you, then but it I mean, I'm I'm actually thrilled that you agree that there needs to be some sort of structure built. Because what we have to get see what's happened is we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. Um atheism and scientism has taken over. But there's, they've taken over with, it's just bulldozed. It's just bulldozed. There's nothing there. And well, we need- they, they didn't build anything, and, and, and some evil people came along and said, science says Marxism, which right. science doesn't say. Right. Uh, and, exactly. So that's and, my, yeah. not, to, to wrap this up, because it's been a really long conversation, and I really should call this person, because I've called twice, sure. um, is that, that's what we need to try and achieve. And that was my whole reason for wanting to talk about this. I mean, of course, we're going to go down that rabbit hole, and I hope I, we haven't bored people. <laughs> um, but it's, it's re- I think it's really important for humanity. I think it's really important. I do. Well, if yeah. you're right that—so I, I do think humans tend to anthropomorphize. If you're right that there's some psychological need for humans to um, to to believe in uh some thing behind stuff or or whatever if that is a psychological need for humans um that presents a pretty tough problem to solve 
Well, see, I, I don't... I, if you it's know, not I mean, true. I to explain to you, there are places where science and God do converge, you know, where math and God converges. There are places where, where that happens. And, you well, know, you... You can discount it. That's fine. I'll, you know, I give you that. You know, all of our, you know, the way we think, we're free to think as we think. Um, but I'm convinced by it, and I'm not an idiot. Um, you know, I, I don't want to just believe that, oh, you know, I mean, that's why I'm saying about, you know, with Christianity, there's aspects that I'm thinking, finding that a little bit difficult, you know? I mean, I'm finding that a little bit difficult. Was Mary a virgin? Does it even matter? I don't know. You know, I mean, is that is that sacrilege for me to say that? Well, you know, whatever. Yeah. I don't know that that, that aspect matters to me. But um, anyway, look, I better go. Yeah, um, fair enough. Yeah. But uh, look, I, mean, I, 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 I do think it's a problem that we need to build some sort of structure. I do. And I do think it's a problem if that structure, uh, if human psychology is such that, uh, it requires something to be true, regardless of whether that thing is true. Um, that if humans need to believe in something, uh, regardless of whether that's true, that's a problem. Um, and uh, I am confident that we can overcome that problem in humans, but uh, I understand that uh, you're not, and that you don't believe there's a conflict anyway. So uh, there, there's our impasse. But it's been a fun conversation. Hopefully we haven't bored people. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I hope so. And, and, you know, I'd be really interested to see whatever comments people have because, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, don't worry. I think actually I will get a lot of haters because I think most of the people on our channel um, are Christian and uh, probably will, will side with you on this. But uh, I'm, so I'm going to repeat something I said at the beginning of the show. I, I do have respect for um, a lot of the uh, moral ideas and that Christianity has um, transmitted through humanity over time. And uh, I think if we look at the uh, track record of belief systems, certainly the West, Christian West, uh, is, is, is pretty superior. So um, if I had to choose between the Marxist, nihilist, atheist, and, and living in a world full of Christians, I would choose the latter. So Bravo. Yeah, yeah. me too. And me too. All right. Well, thank you, Julianne. Appreciate it. Yeah, that, was, that was good. Um, I'm glad we did this. I'm sorry Carrie couldn't be there the whole time, but anyway. Yeah, that's all right. We'll, we'll catch her next time. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you, Bye. Carter. Right. Great, Bye. great chat. Okay. Bye.